History has shown that the longer we ignore a threat, the more dangerous that threat becomes. No goddamn kidding. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. That's why. I got the feeling that something ain't right. It is not. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me. Jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yep. Yes, I'm stuck in the From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast, as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in L.A., up in Oregon on 91.7 KYAQ, on the Central Coast 106.7 Queso in Cottage Grove, in Lancaster, Pennsylvania on 92.9 WLRI, in Maui, Hawaii on 88.5 KAKU, in Columbus, Ohio on WGRN 94.1, in Palinville, New York on 102.9 WLPP, in Grand Rapids, Michigan on WPRR, in New Orleans on 102.3 WHIV, in Washington, D.C., 105.5 FM, and in Minneapolis, St. Paul on AM 950 KTNF. We also stream coast-to-coast and around the globe every day on the internets. On the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR, Revolution 99, Deprogrammed Radio, Workforce Rising, Detour Talk, and Radio Sputnik. Blanketing planet Earth five days a week, I'm Brad Friedman. Your not-very-friendly uh, progressive blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow says me from Brad Blog. Dot com. Just no, not not friendly. Not, uh, why, why do you say that? Not friendly did, today. Did something? Did something happen today? Uh, you know, <laughs> maybe he was right about the calm before the storm. Maybe that was the calm before the storm a week ago. Over the past twenty-four hours, uh, Trump has injected utter chaos into the nation's healthcare system, into the nation's foreign policy. In the most volatile region on Earth, threatening the credibility of the U.S. itself in in every region on the globe, from North Korea, frankly, all the way up to the thin blue layer of atmosphere that protects the very planet itself and where there had been chaos created not by Donald Trump, but by forces of, of, uh, of nature, forces of a hurricane, though one made worse by Donald Trump's advocacy, frankly. Uh, He has threatened to increase the chaos and convince others, apparently, in his political party to reiterate his totally false and easily disproven assessment of reality itself. Other than that, Desi Doyen, slow news day. (laughs) Yeah. Jared Yates Sexton, uh, a a writer, uh, tweeted on uh, what was this? Uh, yeah, yesterday after uh, yesterday's uh, Thursday's program, he said, "We don't have a president; we have a bleeding wound." Ouch! But I think he's right. Julian Castro, the former HUD secretary and the mayor of uh, of San Antonio, Texas, said Trump is behaving so irrationally and erratically like a man who knows his days in that office are numbered. Cruelty will be his legacy. 
I don't know if his uh, days in office are actually numbered or not, but if his only legacy was cruelty, I would consider that a major victory at this point. Uh, I think he is becoming unhinged. I think he started out dangerous, and uh, now he is unhinged and dangerous to the world. House Minority Leader Nancy Pelosi is pressing Congress to bar the president from using nuclear weapons unless the United States is attacked first. Well, that sounds like a swell idea. She said, I put this in the category of urgent. Pelosi said on Thursday during a a press briefing in the Capitol, we each take an oath to protect and defend Pelosi said her promotion of the nuclear first use concept has nothing to do with the volatility surrounding President Trump. Oh, really? Who's saber rattling with North Korea and threat to scrap a nuclear deal with Iran have raised many concerns on both sides of the aisle. It has nothing to do with him, she said. It has to do with the presidency, any president who is there. Pelosi emphasized that the restrictions... Uh, keep barring the president from using nuclear weapons unless the U.S. is attacked first. Uh, It has nothing to do with the presidency, she says. Any president who is there. Well, I agree that would be a good policy to have. But for her to say it has nothing to do with this, uh, this president, that seems somewhat disingenuous. Pelosi emphasized that the restrictions wouldn't apply if the U.S. is attacked, in which case the War Powers Act triggers... For, uh, for the executive, any and all powers. She characterized the 1946 law authorizing the president to launch preemptive nuclear strikes as, quote, ancient, calling on lawmakers from both parties to rally behind legislation reigning in that unilateral power. I did not even realize that there was a law that authorized that. Apparently there is, going back to 1946. Pelosi said it was a different world. And now I think it is necessary for us to address it. I agree. I agree, too, especially since we are now finding out that certain norms, things that people sort of took as a given that, oh, you know, you would take a measured, logical approach to things. Well, we know that those norms no longer count unless they're codified into law and maybe not even then. She outlined several different designs. for. Yeah, you're right, because on the War Powers Act, uh, Donald Trump completely violated the War Powers Act by attacking a sovereign nation of Syria, and neither Nancy Pelosi or certainly any of the Republicans did a goddamn thing about it other than laud him for doing so. She outlined several different designs for restricting preemptive nuclear strikes, ranging from uh, proposals to define and expand the cabinet members who advise the president before such an attack to a blanket declaration that the U.S. will not engage in first use of a nuclear weapon. That sounds like a good idea. Send out the message to the world. The U.S. will not use nuclear weapons first. She said, I like that one the best. Trump has a long history of aggressive positions when it comes to nuclear weapons. According to The Hill, as president-elect in December, he rattled the arms control community when he tweeted that, quote, the U.S. must greatly strengthen and expand its nuclear capability until such time as the world comes to its senses regarding nukes. Until the world comes to its senses. This week, Trump has been uh, under fire so to speak, after NBC News reported that he was eyeing a dramatic increase in the country's nuclear arsenal, which Trump uh, and his defense secretary vehemently denied. 
Over the weekend, of course, Senator Bob Corker, Republican from Tennessee, chair of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, warned that the president's volatile behavior risks putting the U.S. on the path to World War III. Well, he certainly seems to be in a rush to get there. Today, as expected, Trump announced that he would not certify the anti-nuclear deal between Iran and the U.S. and France, Britain, Germany, China and Russia as being in the best interests of U.S. national security. Uh, As per a requirement from the U.S. Congress every 90 days. Uh, which, after Obama struck that deal back in 2015, Congress said, well, the president needs to say every 90 days whether uh, Iran is, in fact, honoring the bargain and whether it is in the best interests of the U.S. Trump gave a speech at the White House on Friday towards the end, towards that end, uh, to explain his reasoning for not certifying Yes, he decided to not certify this uh, this pact between these seven nations that took years to put in place. He explained his reason for not certifying and now leaving it to Congress uh, to decide whether or not to reimpose the sanctions that were lifted against Iran in exchange for shutting down thousands of nuclear centrifuges, centrifuges and removing Tons, some 10 tons, I think it was, of highly enriched uranium from the country. That has been taken out, effectively shutting down any chance of Iran obtaining nuclear weaponry, which, by the way, they have always uh, denied they had any interest in. But this uh, this agreement bars any any chance of them getting nuclear weapons for several decades at a minimum. Now, sometimes I play clips from such such speeches like the one that Trump made on Friday. Uh, I do it out of an abundance of fairness. Yes, I am nothing if not fair. Balance is BS. Fairness actually means something to me. Uh, and uh, so normally I, I would play a clip for, uh, from from that speech uh, out of fairness and, and simple news value of informing listeners what's going on in the world, no matter how insane. But I got to tell you today, I cannot do it. Not now, who, maybe later in the show, maybe on another show, but not now. This speech was so full of literally propaganda ripped straight off of Fox News. It was like... It was like a George W. Bush Iraq propaganda speech on steroids. Uh, there were there's there's one clip I'll I'll play here. One tiny, very short. Go, you got that, Des? Because uh, this is what when I heard this, that was that was it. When I heard near the beginning, actually, when I heard uh, "Good Afternoon," that was that he was lost it for you me. then. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, a few seconds in, he said this: the previous administration lifted these sanctions just before what would have been the total collapse of the Iranian regime through the deeply controversial 2015 nuclear deal with Iran. Wrong, completely wrong, entirely wrong. No, Iran was not on the verge. The Iran regime was not on the verge of complete collapse. And as a matter of fact, the Iran nuclear deal was only made possible because a moderate was elected as president. And after that deal, uh, tons and tons of moderates from across the country uh, have been elected and put into parliament. And the uh, the regime, the hardline religious regime was against this deal. 
and yet they were able to get it through anyway, and the power of that hard right uh, religious mullahs has been shrinking ever since, or at least it had been until today when Donald Trump uh, announced that he would not certify uh, this uh, would not certify this agreement, that it was in the best interest of the U.S., and now he's sending it to Congress to deal with. Others will cover, and, and I have a statement here from uh, Trita Parsi, the president of the National Iranian American Council. We had him on a few days ago on this show. He also, by the way, uh, refers to uh, the the propaganda of the Bush res- regime, saying that uh, Trump is now is, is single handedly destroying U.S. credibility and all but guaranteeing that no country in their right mind would agree to a deal with the U.S. again. Trump has reduced America's allies on Iran to just Benjamin Netanyahu of Israel and the Saudi royal family. Trump's coalition of the willing on Iraq makes George W. Bush's old coalition. I'm sorry, coalition of the willing on Iran makes George W. Bush's old coalition on Iraq look like a diplomatic masterstroke. He goes on to compare it to uh, Bush and Iraq in other ways, but uh, maybe we'll get to that as I said later. Other others will cover. Whatever this new Iran policy is or isn't in the days ahead, and as I suspect we will too, but it solves no problems. It does, however, create many others. It creates chaos in Congress, in the country, and across the globe, as if, it, as if there wasn't enough chaos already. And if it wasn't clear already uh, that negotiating with the U.S. now makes no sense for any foreign partner, friend or adversary at this point, because Donald Trump, he'll just break it. He'll just break any deal. And even then, even if we did get somebody new who wouldn't break deals, well, a foreign country can look at that and say, well, what's to say that your next president won't break this deal? So it only accomplishes chaos for now in this country and around the world, but it does succeed in one point, distracting from all of the other chaos that Donald Trump continues to force on the nation of the United States of America and its people. In particular, it steps on Trump's own other chaotic announcement just hours earlier of a policy that is clearly meant to force our health care system into absolute chaos And not only the Affordable Care Act or Obamacare, but the whole goddamn system, to be frank. Let me start in August here. Just uh, seems like forever ago, but it was just what a month ago, month and a half ago. A little bit over. All right. Mid-August, August August 15, uh, just two months ago, the nonpartisan Congressional Budget Office, the CBO, the nation's official scorekeeper on the various costs in dollars and real-life terms of various legislation, of various U.S. policy, at least Congress's uh, official scorekeeper, the CBO issued a report on what would happen if the president stopped payments of so-called cost-sharing reduction payments, CSR payments, if he stopped Uh, making those payments to insurers under the Affordable Care Act, as the uh, as the president had repeatedly been threatening to do at the time. He was doing this. He's been doing this since he came to office. These payments happen uh, every month. They need to be approved by the president. So uh, the CBO did a report on, well, what would be the result if Donald Trump stopped making those payments? 
Stopping those payments, the CBO found in its report, would drive up federal marketplace subsidy costs. It would raise health care premiums. It would cause more insurers to withdraw from the marketplace and increase the number of uninsured next year. Here are the key findings from August from the CBO. Stopping CSR payments would raise federal budget deficits by $6 billion in 2018 and $194 billion over the next 10 years. So it would, almost, it would raise federal deficits by almost $200 billion over the next decade relative to the existing current law due to the increased costs of the uh, ACA's premium tax credits for low- and moderate-income people to help offset their rising premiums. Yes, when their premiums go up, they still pay the same amount. If you have, uh, if, if you are signed up through the, one of the Obamacare exchanges, either healthcare.gov or a federal exchange, I'm sorry, a state exchange, um, your premium may go up, but not the amount you have to pay because the amount you have to pay is pegged to how much you make, to what your income is. It's a percentage of your income. So, they can raise all the healthcare insurance companies can raise the premiums all they want. And if you're signed up via Obamacare and get premiums, premium subsidies, it's not going to cost you. It's going to cost the government who's going to have to pay the extra cost for those premiums. The CBO also found that marketplace premiums would rise by 20 percent, 20 percent on average in 2018. Premiums for such plans would be 25 percent higher in 2020 and thereafter relative to the current law. Marketplace insurers in some states would withdraw from or not enter the marketplaces at all. As a result, the share of the nation's population living in areas with no marketplace insurers would rise to 5 percent in 2018. That would be up from less than 0.5% under the current law. So when you hear Fox News talking about, and the Republicans and Donald Trump talking about, uh, oh, there are some places where you can't even uh, find a plan at all. Well, we're talking about 0.5% of the nation. CBO found the number of uninsured would raise by 1 million in 2018. Under the uh, Affordable Care Act, about 6 million low- and moderate-income people are enrolled through the marketplaces and are eligible for these cost-sharing reduction payments, these CSRs, which lower deductibles and other out-of-pocket costs. Uh, I'll explain that a, a little bit more in a second. Uh, but the ACA, the Affordable Care Act, requires the federal government to reimburse insurers for the cost. Uh, which the CBO estimated to be about $7 billion a year. So the government is on the hook for these payments. It's been promised to these insurance companies. And Donald Trump says, no, nope, not going to pay them. On average, the, uh, these, uh, these subsidies, these cost-sharing reductions, reduce out-of-pocket costs by roughly $1,100 per person per year for those who are eligible for them. In short, the CBO found that stopping the CSR payments would immediately undercut the market's continued progress towards financial health and stability, which is where the market was going. Stopping those payments, as the CBO found in its report, would either hurt the entire healthcare marketplace in various ways, uh, or it's after uh, Donald Trump's executive order signed on Thursday, 
in which uh, we discussed with the healthcare reform expert Igor Volsky on our previous show, uh, that one would order federal agencies to try and lift regulations, Obamacare regulations that required certain minimum standards for health care policies. So just after we got off air talking about that, then came this executive order. Guess what Donald Trump did? Despite what the CBO has told all of us about the cost of what would happen if we stop paying these CR, uh, CSRs, Donald Trump announced that he would not pay them. The payments that the CBO, uh, CBO warned would seriously impact all levels of the American health care system. That's what he did late Thursday. He declared he would end billions of dollars in subsidies for the health care of Americans with modest income. The White House described this uh, falsely as ending, quote, a bailout of insurance companies. It is not a bailout of insurance companies. Well, it's just a flat out lie. Tim Dickinson of Rolling Stone puts this into uh, just plain English. Because even I had some difficulty understanding the difference between the premium subsidies that a lot of people know about versus these CSR payments. What are these CSR payments? Well, uh, the government pays for what most people understand. There's two different ways that Obamacare reduces the cost of health care for low and middle income people. All right. The first one we know about the government pays part of the monthly cost of insurance for millions of Americans who buy their policies through healthcare.gov or one of the state exchanges. And that directly reduces the cost of an insurance policy. Those are the premium subsidies. But for many Americans, the other costs of health care, including deductibles that must be paid by a patient before insurance kicks in, as well as uh, yearly out of pocket maximums, by these uh, policies, uh, as well as, you know, co-pays and things like that. Uh, for many Americans, th that would make health insurance too expensive to use. For those Americans, Obamacare offers this second subsidy, these CSRs. But in that case, that payment is indirect. Instead of giving patients cash or actually tax credits as as per the better known subsidies to pay for these high out-of-pocket costs, the law requires insurance to cap those costs for lower income customers, and then it pays the insurers back for the expense of doing so. So uh, Dickinson gives a real world example. He says an American who's earning twice the poverty level last year. For someone like that, Obamacare lowered the out-of-pocket maximum allowed on an insurance policy from $6,800 to just $2,200. Does that make sense, Des? Do you yeah. understand? Have I? Uh, yeah, essentially okay. it's saying, remember the old days when the out-of-pocket costs and the caps and the copays mm. were so expensive, it, it actually stopped you from going to the doctor to get treatment for certain even, things? Even if you had insurance, you even, couldn't afford that. When you the, had insurance, right. the copays were so expensive or right. the deductibles were so expensive, it hardly was worth it. And no. so this reduced the costs and essentially it reduced the cost to the consumer because the federal government made up the difference. And it only did so for, uh, for low income. There's still a lot of people who can't afford those uh, deductibles. True. Uh, and the co-pays and the out-of-pocket, other out-of-pocket expenses, uh, which is just one reason why uh, a single-payer system would be much better. Medicare for all would be fantastic. But that said, this is helping uh, about uh, six or seven million people. The Trump order 
uh, does not end the requirement that insurers cap costs for those people. It just stops the federal government from paying insurers back. So this is probably familiar uh, to Donald Trump breaking a contract. A payment that is supposed to be paid, he just decides he's not in the mood to pay it. He's just not going to do that payout. Dickinson said this is not ending a bailout. It is bouncing a check. The public policy, the insurance companies have to keep doing it anyway. They're just not going to get reimbursed, at least if it's up to Donald Trump. The public policy outcome of Trump's decision is a lose, lose, lose. Dickinson notes ending payments will drive insurers from the market, will spike premium costs and increase the deficit. As I noted from that uh, August analysis from the Congressional Budget Office. On Friday morning, around 5.30 a.m., following the announcement the night before that he was going to stop all of these CSR payments, Donald Trump tweeted, quote, The Democrats' Obamacare is imploding. Massive subsidy payments to their pet insurance companies has stopped. Dems should call me to fix. Has stopped? You stopped it. Mr. President, it hasn't just stopped magically. In a statement issued, uh, he later went on a tweet, by the way, Obamacare is a broken mess. Piece by piece, we will now begin the process of giving America the great health care it deserves. It is a broken mess, sir, because you broke it. And piece by piece, you are dismantling this. You are dismantling this uh, this law, which, as flawed as it is, resulted in some 30 million having access to health care that did not have it before. 30 million U.S. citizens, I should add. And it also lowered the increase of health care costs annually. It did. In a statement issued late on Thursday, the White House said, based on guidance from the Department of Justice, the Department of Health and Human Services has concluded there is no appropriation for cost sharing reduction payments to insurance companies under Obamacare. In light of this analysis, the government cannot lawfully make the cost sharing reduction payments. So he is saying that it is unlawful for the government to make these payments that are required in the law. Dickinson explains what this means at Rolling Stone. The Trump administration is declaring that it is legally required to stiff insurers. He must do it. He has no choice. That it is unlawful for the administration to make those payments. But that is not a settled point of law. A district judge uh, did rule last May that Congress ought to specifically appropriate appropriate the cash for these insurer payments before the administration reimburses them. Remember, the law requires those insurers to make those payments to low-income customers, whether or not they are reimbursed or not. But that lower court ruling was stayed pending an ongoing appeal. In short, there was no reason to make this move now. The court did not order Donald Trump to do this. There is no reason to make it now other than Trump, uh, as uh, Dickinson notes, is obsessed with dismantling Obama's legacy and is piqued that Republicans in Congress failed to ram through a repeal of Obamacare. So now he's making every now he's punishing everyone. The uh, Congressional Budget Office uh, said in August that if Trump did this, health care premiums would spike 
insurers would exit the market, federal deficits would would rise, which uh, he has now announced he will do. The irony, however, here is that it will not be those who are receiving subsidies via Obamacare that are going to pay for this. It's everyone else. Obamacare guarantees, as I said, that those who qualify for any of these uh, subsidies only pay a certain percentage of their yearly income for health care. So when the insurance industry raises its rates now or leaves certain jurisdictions entirely, it is those who don't get Obamacare subsidies who are going to be paying the higher premiums or lose access to health care altogether if insurers decide that they just can't make money and they simply pull out. Now, here is what we'll call the good news <laughs> for some states. Uh, insurers have already, because thanks to the chaos that has been caused by Donald Trump and the Republicans and tr- Trump's threats that he was going to stop these payments, insurers have already... Uh, they they had to submit their premium their 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 prices for 2018 just a few days ago, and um, in many cases they've already factored in premiums uh, going up because of this uncertainty because they feared that Trump would stop these CSRs. So that, that uh, Trump would renege on the deal. Correct. So if you consider that uh, whatever your premiums are going to be, uh, that your insurer has already decided your rates are going to be, if you consider the fact that they're going up anywhere from 15 to 25 percent in many places, uh, that was already going to happen, no matter what uh, Trump decided to do or not, because that was already baked into the cake. The insurers figured they better put this in place. And so they did in many cases, in many places. Uh, where states, in any event, approved those increases, like out here in California. Other states did not, which means that those states, insurers may just pull out altogether. Democrats and Republicans in the House and Senate are discussing or have discussed appropriating the CSR payments themselves via Congress, thus taking away this legal question at all. Um, But it's not yet clear that Republican leaders would support a bill to do that which is likely to draw fierce opposition from so-called conservatives, as NBC News says. I say so-called there because if they were actually conservatives, they would be fiercely opposed to anything that raises the federal deficit by billions of dollars, as the CBO had said, by uh, some $200 billion over the next decade. Next year, it'll be $6 billion dollars. By uh, 2020, it'll have increased the deficit by $21 billion per year and by $26 billion per year by 2026. Senator uh, Senate Democratic leader Chuck Schumer of New York and uh, Nancy Pelosi, House Democratic minority leader, said in a joint, joint statement that it would be a spiteful act of vast pointless sabotage leveled at working families in the middle class in every corner of America. President Trump has apparently decided to punish the American people for his inability to improve our health care system, they said. Trump care, that was the Republican effort, what they describe as the Republican effort to repeal and replace the Affordable Care Act. Trump care collapsed because Americans overwhelmingly recognized the cruelty and higher costs it meant for them and their loved ones, now millions of hardworking American families will suffer just because President Trump wants them to. 
So uh, between the uh, twin hits to the Affordable Care Act with uh, his executive order on Thursday allowing skimpier plans to be sold uh, and uh, now uh, this uh, announcement that he will stop these CSR payments, uh, the New York Times reports that this could unravel President Barack Obama's signature domestic achievement, sending insurance premiums soaring insurance companies fleeing from the health laws online marketplaces. That is not an editorial in the New York Times. That is the actual news item about scrapping these critical health care subsidies. Without the subsidies, they say insurance markets could quickly unravel. This is the kind of chaos that Donald Trump is willing to inflict on his own people, on U.S. citizens. Imagine what he would be willing to do to Iran, to North Korea. Yes, please, Congress, take that button out of his hand, that nuclear button. Schumer and uh, uh, Pelosi said it's a spiteful act of vast, pointless sabotage leveled at working families and middle class in every corner of America. Make no mistake about it, Trump will try to blame the Affordable Care Act, but this will fall on his back and he will pay the price for it, they say. I don't know if he will or not, but he is uh, clearly now trying to kill Obamacare and uh, then he will claim that it committed suicide. And many of his fact-challenged followers will undoubtedly believe him. More on that in in a bit here. Uh, Lawmakers uh, from both parties are urging the president to continue the payments. Trump has raised the possibility of eliminating the subsidies, uh, had uh, raised the possibility of eliminating the subsidies at a White House meeting earlier this year with Republicans. At the time, one senator told him, one Republican senator told him that the Republican Party would effectively own health care as a political issue if the president did this. The decision to end subsidies comes on the heels of Trump's executive order signed Thursday to lay the groundwork for these uh, cheaper plans. Uh, He predicted for his part that this is going to be something that millions and millions of people will sign up for these cheaper plans. And they're going to be very, very happy, he said. But many patients, doctors, hospital executives and state insurance regulators were not so happy about that executive order. They said the changes envisioned by Trump could raise costs for sick people, increase sales of bare-bones insurance, and add uncertainty to wobbly health insurance markets. That was what happened on Thursday afternoon. So by Thursday evening, cancel the CSR payments. Chris Hansen, the president of the lobbying arm of the American Cancer Society, said that Thursday's executive order could leave millions of cancer patients and survivors unable to access meaningful coverage in a statement from six physicians groups, including the American Academy of Family Physicians. The doctors predicted that allowing insurers to sell those narrow, low-cost health care plans will cause significant economic harm to women and older, sicker Americans who stand to face higher costs and fewer insurance options. But as I said, that was Thursday afternoon chaos with uh, that executive order. But then by Thursday night, chaos with his promise to cut off the CSR payments to millions of Americans. Let's take a quick break here. I know I'm already running long. Uh, We'll talk about who is actually going to be hurt by this uh, new attack on Obamacare and what the hell Congress or Republicans 
or someone, anyone, is going to do about it. I'm Brad Friedman. This is your Bradcast. Hey, this is Brad. If you haven't noticed by now, it's no easy feat finding facts, real facts, not alternative facts, over your public airwaves. We try to bring you real facts, truth, and clarity without fear or favor each and every day on the Bradcast. But we need your help to do it. If you enjoy the show and or get something from it, please give back a bit, if you can, by visiting us at bradblog.com donate. Your support helps Desi and me continue to bring you real, independent, progressive news five days a week over your public airwaves. We simply can't do it without your help, and that help is needed more now than ever. Please stop by bradblog.com donate today to make a one-time donation or, even better, automated monthly support. It'll take you about 60 seconds, and you can rest easy knowing that we'll be here every day making sense of it all, or at least trying to. That's bradblog.com slash donate, and thanks. I came in like a wrecking ball I never hit so hard in love All I wanted was to break your world Yes, Donald Trump is a wrecking ball for the nation, for the world, and uh, he seems to be as his as his impotence to actually take action and to do what he had promised during his uh, during his campaign, the promises based on the nonsense and BS he heard from BS from from Fox News. Huh? Freudian slip. Uh, as as that has increased, his rage has increased. He has become a livid that he can't do all of the things that he said he was going to do. Because as it turns out, so much of of it was nonsense. Like uh, Iran, it turns out they are not violating this in any way. It turns out the uh, the pact with Iran has actually helped, has actually prevented them from you know being able to uh, obtain a nuclear weapon. He hasn't been able to repeal and replace Obamacare, which he said would be easy on day one, and so now he's lashing out everywhere like a wrecking ball, causing chaos everywhere. And it is getting worse and worse, and it's getting faster and faster as he is backed uh, more and more into a corner, as he's realizing that his policies are based on stuff and nonsense that he heard on Fox News. But he doesn't want to admit that. Oh, I was wrong about this. We're not going to do that. He will never admit he is wrong. Instead, He's going to make everyone else pay the price, as he is now doing by cutting off these subsidies for low-income Americans, out-of-pocket expenses for low-income Americans, but he's actually not even cutting off those subsidies to them. He's cutting it off to the insurers who are still on the hook for it. The people who are going to pay the price for this, who are going to be hurt by this new attack on Obamacare, are not the people who are enjoying Obamacare. It is essentially everyone else, or at least not the people who are enjoying the, the subsidies of Obamacare. It's the people who are not getting those subsidies. Their premiums are going to go up. Uh, if you are low and, and middle income and you are entitled to these uh, premium subsidies under the Affordable Care Act, you're not going to pay more. Because it's capped how much you can pay as a percentage of your income. Other people, however, 
who are paying full freight right now for their health care. The people whose incomes are above the threshold for assistance. That's right. For example, a single woman making $65,000 a year or family of four with $120,000 income. If you receive no aid under the health care law, which you won't if you make that kind of money, you have to pay full price of your insurance if you purchase a plan on the marketplace as opposed to receiving it via uh, your uh, employment, for example. These companies can now just pull out or raise rates. Now, most of the rates are already set for 2018. I don't think that they can change yet. They they do have the right in some of the contracts, apparently, that the insurance companies have to just pull out of the states entirely. But they can't raise the rates. And I need to underscore that the Obamacare open enrollment period is moving ahead as normal, as planned for November 1. The length of that open enrollment period has been cut in half by Donald Trump. And uh, his administration is shutting down the administration one night a week now, supposedly for maintenance, I think, on Sundays. Yeah, the website to sign up. The one day that most people would have to to be able to devote to researching and looking into what their health care options are. Right. Exactly. On those nights, it won't be open. Those full days. This is 12-hour outages. Yep. But uh, the point being that... uh, You know, I think a lot of people are going to misunderstand. They're going to think that these uh, subsidies aren't available anymore, that they don't need to sign up for health care via healthcare.gov. Yes, you do. Beginning on November 1, November 1 through December 15. It used to go all the way into January under real presidents, now only through uh, December 15th. Why? Because Donald Trump is trying to kill Obamacare and call it suicide. He wants it to fail. We need to stop that from happening. At least if you give a damn about uh, tens of millions of Americans who now have access to health care who very much need it. And if Obamacare is, in fact, killed, if the uh, requirements for health insurance policies are taken away and insurance companies get to just drop you on a lark because you're too expensive, because you had the temerity to get cancer, uh, then, yeah, millions of people are going to pay an enormous, uh, an enormous price. And I know there's a lot of people on the left who do not like Obamacare, who do not like the Affordable Care Act, and there is reason to not like uh, m- many elements. But until something like single-payer is put in place, no, I don't believe it's a good idea to take away health care from millions of Americans who need it. Well, that will force uh, that will force us to go to single payer. Well, you know what? If you don't have cancer, I guess it's easy to say that. But if you're sick and if you need this health care or if your kid gets in a car accident and you have to pay the exorbitant surgery costs just to keep your child alive, insurers are likely going to sue to force these CSR payments to be made that Donald Trump has now said he will cut off. If they're able to get a quick injunction uh, to block Trump from pulling those subsidies, that could somewhat mitigate the effect of the the news from Thursday. Vox's Dylan Scott said he talked to several policy experts about what is going to happen now. They both used the word chaos. So there's going to be lawsuits. The government's going to have to uh, pay to defend those lawsuits from the health insurers. That's going to increase our deficit for you people who call yourselves conservatives. 
Uh, so the deficit's going to go up there. The deficit deficit's going to go up uh, by billions and billions of dollars because the government is still on the hook to pay for all of these uh, things and all of these, uh, whatever the premiums are raised to, the government still has to pay for it. So there's going to be that lawsuit. And... Um, Uh, Democratic attorney generals from a handful of states announced today their plans to file a lawsuit against Trump's effort to end these uh, Obamacare subsidies to insurers. Uh, Javier Javier Becerra out here, the California attorney general, said we're going to do everything we can to make sure that those payments can continue to go forward. This was in a conference call that uh, attorneys general held with reporters earlier today. Becerra was joined on the call by Kentucky Attorney General Andy Bashir, Massachusetts AG Maura Healy, Con- Connecticut AG George Jepson, all Democrats. Becerra said more attorney generals were likely to join the lawsuit, which they plan to file today in federal court in California, seeking a declaratory judgment as well as a temporary restraining order to force the Trump administration to make the next payments, which are due, by the way, on October 18. They said Trump, in stopping these payments, is violating the Affordable Care Act. Yes, violating the law, they argue. They also argue that uh, Trump had violated the Administrative Procedures Act in a uh, press conference At his Manhattan office later on Friday, New York Attorney General Eric Schneiderman announced that he is one of the AGs who is now also joining the suit to block Trump's move to end these ACA payments. He described uh, Trump's efforts as cruel. Nice way to put it. Uh, Though Trump hasn't been shy about his desire to watch Obamacare implode, Schneiderman said that not to watch Obamacare implode, to make it implode. To sabotage it. Schneiderman said the president's willingness to take such significant steps right now to undermine the law, quote, with no warning or even a plan to contain the fallout is breathtakingly reckless. Hey, uh, A.G. Schneiderman, that's a feature, not a bug. But those are Democrats. What are what about the Republicans? Where the hell are they? Since many of their constituents are going to be paying the price for this as well. Well, we've got a, a handful, a few, uh, who have come out and said uh, that they would uh, that they're concerned about this after the move on Thursday night to end these subsidies. Congressman Charlie Dent, a moderate Republican who is retiring at the end of his term in 2018, said that Trump's move was, quote, ill-advised. He said, I'm fearful now that the president made now that the president made this announcement that he will that that it will destabilize the insurance markets. It will raise premiums for a lot of folks, Dent said today, adding that it could also cause some Americans to lose their health insurance and prompt insurers to leave the marketplace. Dent argued that the Republican Party, quote, will own this. President Trump is the president. He is a Republican, and we control the Congress, Dent said. We own the system now, so we are going to have to figure out a way to stabilize this situation. Dent told CNN, Barack Obama is no longer in the equation. This is on us, and so I believe his action will force us to enter into some kind of bipartisan agreement on the cost-sharing reduction payments. Well, I hope that happens. He said we have to send the bill to the president. Whether or not he signs it, I don't know. That's Charlie Dent. He's leaving. He's leaving Congress. Also leaving Congress 
Ileana Ross Leitnin, the Republican from Florida. She also warned that Trump's decision to cut off these payments would hurt her constituents. She, she tweeted, cutting off uh, cutting health care subsidies will mean more uninsured in my district. POTUS promised more access, affordable coverage. This does the opposite. Susan Collins, Republican from Maine, who had opposed all of the Obamacare repeals proposed by Republicans, said today that she was uh, concerned, concerned by the administration's decision to end the CSR payments, as well as by his executive order on Thursday. But uh, Republican, uh, but not a lot of other Republicans yet ringing in. Here is one, uh, however, Republican Nevada governor. Brian, Brian Sandoval warned on Friday that cutting off these payments will be, quote, devastating in his state. It's going to hurt people, he said. It's going to hurt kids. It's going to hurt families. It's going to hurt individuals. It's going to hurt people with mental health issues. It's going to hurt veterans. It's going to hurt everybody, he told the Nevada Independent about uh, cutting off these payments. Yes, it is going to hurt everybody. And that's why uh, a majority of the electorate, 71 percent, want to see Trump make Obamacare work instead of dismantling the law as he is now doing, according to a recent poll by the Kaiser Family Foundation. Uh, the, the poll, this poll was conducted before the White House announced that Trump was going to end these crucial subsidies for insurers. Um under uh, 60% of respondents said that they wanted to keep those payments, specifically those subsidies, 60% want to keep those payments intact. 71% uh, want him to make this law work instead of dismantling it. 30% considered the subsidies uh, a bailout uh, to insurance companies. I guess we know which 30% those are. We know which ones are watching Fox News. Exactly right. Four in 10 Republicans, uh, that's 40 percent, said that Trump should make the law fail, according to this poll. So who the hell are these four in 10 Republicans? Well, they're likely the same folks that have been so brainwashed for so many years by Fox News, just like the president of the United States has been at this point, that they will believe any BS that they are offered by this president, including that everything is going great in Puerto Rico and that reports to the contrary are fake news. Case in point, Republican Congressman Scott Perry. Let's take a quick break and come back and talk about him, play you what he had to say on CNN on Thursday. It should blow your mind. It blew mine. I'm Brad Friedman. This is the Bradcast. Hey, this is Brad. The Bradcast survives thanks to you and your support. Please stop by bradblog.com slash donate today to help us continue to do over your public airwaves what we try to do five days a week. That's bradblog.com slash donate and thank you. The wheels are falling off, the wheels are falling off the road. Feels like that lately, doesn't it? Yes. Yes, it does. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. 
Um, so we were talking in that last block uh, about the uh, the people who actually believe that these payments, these uh, subsidies that uh, Donald Trump has now threatened to stop paying, has now said he will stop paying, uh, that that's actually a bailout to the insurance companies. Instead of being part of the law. Yeah, Republicans a came deal up. deal that he's reneging on. Republicans came up with that line. This is a bailout. Bailout for insurance guy. It is nothing of the sort. And yet, four out of ten uh, Republicans, four in ten Republicans, are stupid enough, brainwashed enough to believe it, according to that new poll from Kaiser Family Foundation. Well... Four out of ten uh, Republicans are stupid enough to believe almost uh, any goddamn thing that Republic that Donald Trump says at this point. Case in point, uh, Congressman Scott Perry, Republican from Pennsylvania, defended Trump's threat to end relief efforts in Puerto Rico, where a humanitarian crisis has been underway for the past three weeks following Hurricane Maria, and he went on to accuse the media of just making up reports, pretty much, about the desperate circumstances that are happen- happening on the island. Not pretty much. He just out and out uh, <laughs> accused. This is a conversation with uh, CNN's Chris Cuomo. He literally accused Cuomo of making up the crisis in Puerto Rico. This is what these guys actually think. Give it a listen. Let me ask you this, then. What Please. does the success look like to you? Does it, what does it look like? Crisis, does every single person have to have power crisis, the next day? Crisis abated. The people who need food and water having it. Not 100% restored back to power. We get that this is so, a challenge. So if the water gets there five minutes late, is it's not that about a five minutes late. In, the, in places well, outside San Juan, they're not quantify, even close to that. Quantify, look, quantify your claim. Here's my Cuomo. concern. Can you quantify look, any of it? Look at, look at you my You can't con- just make these claims and not put any metrics to it. You have less than half the country that has what Without you need power. to sustain life. Without Fresh power. water, power, food, places to live. Mr. Cuomo, you're simply just making this stuff up. You're How am up? I making it up? What Less am I than making half up? The country, if half the country didn't have food or water, those people would be dying. And they're not. They are. When you look at the numbers that are being put out by FEMA, you do know that overwhelmingly they still don't have people with power restored and many yes. don't have access to water. But, but we're we just had water to these people. We are delivering. I know, water but it's not homes. enough. I'm not saying that the efforts aren't in earnest and that you but don't what have is enough. Tell thousands me, of people. Quantify what is enough that will satisfy your network. You, what is enough? You, that will satisfy your network. That will satisfy CNN. Congressman Scott Perry, Republican of Pennsylvania. Yes, folks in Pennsylvania, hey, you might want to look at who your representatives are in the Congress. One thing I wanted to point out that I thought was really, really well said, the Washington Post is on the ground in Puerto Rico and talking to actual Puerto Ricans about the difficulties that they're going through just trying to survive. And these aren't even good camping conditions. This is bad camping conditions that they're having to deal with. This is what one of the, the people said. He said, FEMA is not a gift. It's insurance. Insurance we pay for. Mm. It is their duty to respond. Mm. Well, as you know, uh, reneging on insurance is what we do now. <laughs> God, I forgot. You're right. Yeah, You're right. that's what we do now. That's what Trump does. Yeah. The, uh, the, uh, that's, I'm sorry. That's not just what Trump does. That's what Republicans are doing. Yeah. Well, apparently, apparently, Republicans like Perry, I got to believe there are Republicans 
in the House and Senate who are looking at what's going on in Puerto Rico and they're saying, what the hell? What the hell is going on? Where the hell is our military? We're supposed to we're supposed to, quote unquote, completely destroy 25 million people in North Korea somehow. And we can't even save an island of three and a half million uh, friendlies, Puerto Ricans, U.S. citizens. Really? Uh the reports, this is one of the reasons we've been trying to put uh, Puerto Rico up front. The reports coming out of there are horrible. It is a nightmare down there if you look at the actual reports, if you talk to the actual people who are on the ground there. Uh, we, we quoted a, a report uh, from a FEMA officials who are saying privately that they pro- they're only providing 200,000 meals a day, and yet they have to meet the needs of more than 2 million people at this point. So they are short millions and millions of meals. People don't have water. They're dying. They're getting bacterial infections from drinking creek water. They're getting leptospirosis, which is deadly. Uh, I don't have time here. we got to get out, I know. But uh, National Nurses United are on the ground, and they say that this is that there are areas of the island that nobody has gotten to, that nobody knows. They have not spread the word that drinking the water from the from the creeks and the rivers is deadly. And that warns that there's a public health crisis coming to Puerto Rico that we could prevent with proper supplies and support from the U.S. government, according to one nurse volunteer down there. These conditions would not be tolerated in the 50 states, she said. It is outrageous that we are leaving our fellow Americans with essentially no aid. And that there is a lot of fear about what is still to come. I would add there's a lot of fear of what is still to come, not only in Puerto Rico, but uh, for the rest of this nation and for the rest of this world. Buckle up. We got to get out. Uh, My thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen, and to you for spending a portion of your day or night listening to me rant and rave. (laughs) It is greatly appreciated. If you missed any portion of today's show or any other, you can, as ever, download it for free and share it uh, from bradblog.com or your favorite podcast site. Uh, where we hope you'll leave us a a positive comment or review wherever you get the show to make it easier for everyone else to find it. You can find me on the Facebooks and the Twitters at The Brad Blog, and you can drop me email if you prefer. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com. My thanks, as ever, to those of you especially who stop by bradblog.com slash donate to help us continue to do what we try to do every day over your public airwaves. Your support is greatly appreciated at bradblog.com slash donate. Until we meet again, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world.